understand it. Run it again. Huddle up and run it again. We're rolling now. <laughs> I think so. Microphones are on. Marker yeah. 8, 10, go. The Eggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Uh-oh. Stockton. Open three. The high schools. Also's going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying. I beg your pardon? It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvison. Because what you're really saying when you're using all this blabberish is, A.J., you were right and I was wrong. That's what I'm hearing from you. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Fetcher didn't even think I was here. Came dead sprinting into the room. Didn't think I was here. Lights are off. Hey, wrong mic, genius. There we go. Yeah, lights are off. You're like ducking and hiding okay, so, behind. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. So, um, the I so I never, I was never a lights off guy until I worked at. I can't say the stone. I can't say the station. Somewhere I, else. I worked elsewhere. Uh, after I worked here, I went elsewhere and worked there, and. Um, I learned, I'd watch Spence Checkets do his shows, you know, I'd be sitting there in the studio and he'd do them with the lights off. And I was like, why, why does he do it with the lights off? I don't get it. And I never asked him because one, I was, he was an intimidating guy to talk to. I was honestly terrified of Spence. It's kind of an intense individual. He is. And in so many ways too. In so many ways. And so I never did ask him, but I just kind of became used to it. Like, I just, I produced stuff in the dark. I would do shows in the dark. It's just how I did it. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyways. Welcome, welcome to, the, to the light, Ajay. Yeah, welcome We're bringing to the light. you into the light. Dude, uh, Lights are on. Just People are doing marker. stuff. All right. So welcome to the Full Court Press. That's Eric France and I'm Ajay Salveson. In the light. In the light. For better or for worse, um, if you want to be a part of the show, it's uh, it's live today. We uh, we are live, so you can text in our Gil Mortgage text line four three five four nine four nine nine three. I just gave out my number. <laughs> it's like where where do you want people to text or call? Yeah. All right, let's try that again. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Dude, so I was sick as a dog Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and started to get better today. Um, but I, I'm still, like, out of it, too. Why are you here? Eric, you've been sick, too, hacking and sneezing over here, and you're like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> and you're, like, hawking up loogies and stuff. Well, you know, some of us can. Okay. Can what? <laughs> Can what, Eric? Can power through? Sentence. I'm powering through. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Please. That not, is the correct number. Do not text the number I gave you before that, please. I am roaming. Uh, so why are you roaming? Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Love to hear from our listeners. It was a crazy busy weekend of Aggie sports. Some good, some bad. We'll get to both. Uh, Tyler Newbold will join me at five twenty. Rylan Jones will be on the show tomorrow at 4 o'clock on the dot. Uh, he will be joining Eric Franson. I will be absent, I think. 
I'll be absent from the first hour of tomorrow's show. I, I'll be here. Yeah, so Ryland, and Ryland Jones will be on the phone to uh, speak with Eric about their great start, 4-1 and one on the season after beating Oklahoma to win the preseason Myrtle Beach Invitational Huge. Championship. Huge win. Oh, my gosh. It, it, what a great tournament <clears throat> for Utah State. What a turnaround. Like, you go from losing to UC Davis to beating Richmond, <laughs> Penn, throttling New Mexico by 27, and then beating Oklahoma. And now you're on a three-game home stretch where you get back-to-back-to-back home games against teams that are much more um, inferior, I guess. But just, I mean, teams that you should beat by 20, that you should. Now that they got their legs under them, now that they're, you know, they're kind of gelled together and they understand better the system and whatnot, they should be good to go. So uh, three straight home games starts this Saturday. And, uh, yeah, starts this Saturday at 7 o'clock. So uh, be aware for that. Uh, we'll talk some Aggie football. I don't want to really get into it, but we have to because that's our job. So we'll talk about that and kind of what it means now for this upcoming Friday. Uh, that's right, Friday, not Saturday. We'll recap the weekend in the NFL. We'll recap the weekend in college football. Uh, do you have a pick six results? Um, working on it. Okay, so he doesn't have a pick six results. Probably making them up. We're going to find out together. Just doesn't sound good. Hey, you know, some of us have been really busy today. Oh, by no, running around, shove it, dude. Different You're like, venues. Oh, dude, will you post this? Because I can't do it. Oh, dude, will you post this? Because I don't know how to. Oh, dude, will you get this done? Oh, Jay, oh, Jay. I'm, I'm trying like, to get you to make up for all the time you've been gone. <laughs> I've been gone so much. <laughs> Your dad is not happy with me. I don't think he is. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Eric, let's start. Uh, do you want to start with the good stuff or the bad stuff? I feel like we need to get the football out of the way first. Me too. Because I, I don't want it, to, it happened to. earlier. I think we just rip the Band-Aid off, deal with it, and move on. Thank you. Don't uh, drag it out. Just address it and then burn the tape. And get out of <laughs> and there. And go on to the next. Oh, man. Okay, so. Uh, Good first quarter. I mean, that uh, Utah State, um, offensively, yeah, they had the, the, the special teams miscue, which hurt them, but. Um, so a, a solid first quarter, totally different game after that. Yeah, five eight seven nine. Text into the show again if you want to four three five three three nine zero three two one five eight seven nine. Disappointed about the Aggie football loss. How do they expect home ticket sales to keep going up if they only lose at home? <laughs> they're undefeated on the road, but they're three and three at home. Do you know why they lost though, Eric? Do you know why? But the toughest teams they faced no. in the trenches. It's because they wore those damn black uniforms. Oh, that's... Dude, but, that's what kills them. They were 0-3 in those uniforms. Now, I, did, I did my research. Now, hang on. Now, Al and I were talking about this after the game because there was a lot of people on social media in an uproar over the black jerseys. They've worn them more than three times. No, they haven't. They didn't wear black jerseys at all during the Matt Wells era? Mm-mm. They're 0-3. No, that can't be right. That's true. They've had black jerseys before. They're 0 and 3. 1921. Really? Yep. 1921 and 21. Losses to BYU twice and now Wyoming. Yep. Because I saw the same thing, too. <laughs> well, I know they've had blackout games. Maybe I was just thinking about everybody in the stadium wearing black. Yeah, probably that. But I they've swear never... the team had black helmets or something. Nope. They've had black? a mixture of like black helmets, blue jersey, Black pants. Maybe that's just what I'm thinking of. But like when they're all black unis, if the only total done black, 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 and it ended up 
jersey be, pants. And the whole game ended up being black. Nineteen uh, in two thousand nineteen, they got just crushed by BYU. In twenty or in twenty one, they got crushed by BYU. And in twenty one against Wyoming, they got beat. So, uh, and this one was just as bad too. About of any of the other games that happened. Final score from Maverick uh, Maverick Stadium on Week Eleven's football schedule: the uh, Wyoming Cowboys, who were one and five going into this game, beat Utah State forty four to seventeen. That's right, forty four to seventeen. Throttle them, and I, I think Eric, it started. It just the physicality. Uh, I just felt like Utah State never responded well to it. Not once. Five four five two. By the way, burn the black uniforms. Nine three one zero. I'm not one to ever give into sports superstition, but the black uniforms need to go, both for basketball and for football. Okay. Have they been bad for basketball? Uh, I don't Have know. We had bad luck there. I'm not sure. I I don't even dare think about it. Levi Williams for Wyoming goes 12 of 15 for 242 yards. But for the Wyoming Cowboys, they run for 362. Second most of the eggs they've given up this year next to Air Force when they give up 400-plus yards. Uh, Titus Swen, who ran for 99 yards on, like, first and first and 10. No, it was it was a second and 12. 12 from their own one. Because the Aggies had a, a tackle for loss in that first down run, thinking, hey, here we go. It's a great punt. There's a good stop on first down. Aggies might be able to maybe even get a safety out of this. Nope. Dude, yeah, that's, nope. Right. that's right. They had the tackle that I thought was a safety ended up being short just of the goal line, and then they give it right up the middle. And it wasn't like an off tackle or a stretch play. It was just right up the middle, and he just found grass and was gone. And first, I don't know where our defensive backs were. I have no idea what our linebacker was doing. Just, I mean, sprints by everybody, and he's gone. That's just absolute backbreaker. Uh, so he ran for 169 to Titus Win. Xavier Valade ran for 21 times, 145 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Levi Williams ran five times for 22 yards. And on the other side, Logan Bonner, not good. 19 of 40 for 181 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Calvin Tyler, 18 carries, 109, no touchdowns. And Devin Tompkins was 92 yards away. He was five catches, 67 yards, one touchdown on the night. No, Bonner didn't have time. He oh, was, dude. He's getting he killed. was getting eaten oh, alive. Oh, my gosh. And then that Wyoming defense realized, look, Utah State is not going to go to any kind of a quick game. They're not going to use screens. Let's just pin our ears back and go after this guy because anything he wants to do is long-developing deep throws. And Utah State never adjusted. They, they didn't do just short passing game, just roll somebody out on a screen pass, or if they did – it took too long to to throw it out there, and then by the time they caught the ball, the defense was able to uh, kind of react to it. He wasn't ever in stride, so it was just it was a rough game for that offensive line and Logan Bonner. Uh, and I got a question for you that here in just a bit. Uh, Three eight six two text in. Learn how to tackle a running back. That would be helpful. Uh, yep. Yeah, there were some missed tackles, but by and large, it was the the. Wyoming was just more physical and creating gaps. Oh yeah, they were really physical. Yeah, just they they were beating up Utah State in the trenches. Um, but I, they, let me there ask were a you, few missed tackles, yes, and a few arm tackles or shoulder bumps that don't bring people down. But by and large, it was because Wyoming was just more physical. Let me ask you something, Eric. 
do you... The whole, like, Bonner getting beaten up all game long. Should we have thrown Peasley in there and just said, look, let him play it out? But then he threw a pick on, like, his second throw, so it but really didn't matter. There have been times where I've thought, Bonner, he's not coming back in after that hit. And somehow he convinces the trainers and the coach to let him go back out there. So all season long, there have been multiple times where – I thought that's going to do it for Bonner, and he still finds a way to come out. And in several of these games, it's been to the Aggies' benefit that he's been able to get back out there to still help his team to victory. But I don't know. I mean, it, it, Peasley probably would have been a, a smart option at some point earlier in the fourth quarter, at least use his legs and athleticism to avoid the pressure that Wyoming kept bringing at him. I mean, at what point is the coach and and coordinator responsible for any injury uh, to your quarterback because you leave him out there? Well, and the other question I have is just in regards of, like, they, they bring Peasley in, and his first pass is batted down, and his second pass is picked off. So what good did it do? Right? But, I mean, yeah, he can scramble out of the pocket, but I just feel like he made some bad decisions. 5788 texts into the show. Tough when a team runs that well in the cold. Yeah, it, and that is a major issue. Uh, Wyoming, again, 362 yards off the ground. Longest run for a running back was 98, of course, from Swen. After that, it was the uh, Valaday 33-yard run. I think that came in the third quarter. Uh, just They were able to – the Wyoming offensive line did whatever they want to the Aggie defensive front almost all night long, too. That was four quarters of just domination. 5-4, 5-2 text in. Why did they use almost all the play clock each play? Even in the fourth quarter, zero urgency. By the way, they were obviously not winning and needed to score. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like they, I mean, they go to the line, you know, hard count, stop, check to the sideline. Well, wait for the scream at the sideline. Because if you listen closely, there's always that little yell. Yeah. And uh, which I'm not going to try to imitate. But Do it. then they then they'll all look to the sideline for to change the play based on what the defense is doing. Uh, but it, it's not a quick pace offense like we were told was going to be earlier in the year. But it hasn't been a quick pace offense all year, really. I mean, there's a few plays that they go pace, but by and large, it's go up to the line, see what the defense is doing, look to the sideline to change it, and then go forward. Yeah, I think they were just trying to find some or something that could work. Hey, they just consistently couldn't find anything that worked. Do you know what else made me curious? Why was there so much mis- miscommunication between Bonner and his receivers? Like, Tompkins runs a jet route, it looks like, and then Bonner throws the ball six yards behind Tompkins. Wright runs a route, and then he stops, and Bonner chucks it over his head, like five yards downfield. Man, Seems like uh, the last few, few weeks it's happening at least once a game. Um, a few weeks ago it was uh, like three of those that yeah. happened. So I don't know why they're not on the same page there. Uh, 9310, we've been bad at getting play calls in both offensive and defensively since the spring game. I think this is a drawback our young coaching staff hasn't solved yet. Fair enough. Absolutely. Uh, well, before we go any further. Or is it just that the – yeah, 
they got to be quicker on deciding what they're going to do. But how much is it that they have to do that because Bonner just isn't you know, making the right audible, yeah. and they say, "Look, let us make the read, and, and we'll give it to you. Yeah, and we'll and tell you what it needs." I to I wonder be. how much of it is Bonner not making the right protection calls too. I mean, he's getting lit up. Is there maybe protection call issues as well that he's not seeing? I mean, because you got to give Wyoming credit. I think it was like I think it was in the second quarter where it seemed like Wyoming was pinning their ears back, and they take two up on the hard count, and they look and then you think, oh, "Okay, they're going to blitz from the weak side." And then all of a sudden, uh, they'll they'll step back three yards and they'll send someone coming up right up the middle and no one picks them up. And so maybe Bonner was getting confused by Wyoming's blitz packages, which if that's the case, that's pretty impressive from Wyoming. Well, look, they're they're a good pressure physical defense. That's that's been Craig Bowles' signature since he's been there. Um, so I have to give them credit. Just that's how they've. That starts with their recruiting, the type of players that they go after, their their scheme. They played a game that we haven't seen, nobody has seen all year from Wyoming. So I don't know what happened this week, this last week in Laramie, but something clicked for them. I know. That was Is unforeseen. That because that looked like a team from a few years ago when they were competing for <laughs> the Mountain West Championship. Yeah, absolutely. 2417. Can we let the depressing. And very disappointing loss go. And talk about the fact that Oregon and Utah keep destroying anybody not in the Power 5 from making it into a playoff. <laughs> Oregon <laughs> kept Utah out of, uh, out last time, and Utah played spoiler this year. What a performance from the Utes. Wow. Dude, yes. like, I mean, look, there's rumors of Kyle Whittingham going out at the end of the year. And from what I've been told from my sources, those rumors are very legit. That he is going to call it quits. And he would like to do it. At the Rose Bowl, when it's all said and done, win or loss, at the Rose Bowl, uh, boy, he's he's on that track. That team is playing some inspired football, and there really are a pretty awesome story with everything they've dealt with. So, yeah, yeah, very uh, true. But you know what? We covered the Utah State Aggies, so yes, we are going to talk about that loss. You're going to hear from Blake Anderson, Hunter Reynolds, and Calvin Tyler all about it. Calvin and Hunter kind of moved on. Blake was like. I'm still pissed. Like, I'm still not happy right now. Uh, 3513, Eric text in. The Aggies have overachieved this year. Reality is when we play teams who are physical in the trenches, we show more of our true colors. We have done great against the teams that lack that phys- physical tough identity. I love this team and coaching staff, though they have far surpassed any reasonable expectations this year and excited to see them finish the year and how they do next year. In those games, as mentioned, uh, the – that physical identity and, and, and tough. This coach Anderson has gone on record now multiple times that look we we need different guys yeah. to do this at this level. It became evident against BYU. It was evident against Boise State. It was evident against Wyoming. Um, that and he knows but he he didn't really have a clear idea of what his schedule would look like and the opponents he would face in the Mountain West. He may have thought he had an idea, but until he went through this season, he really wasn't sure like what he had compared to what everybody else had in this league. And so going through it, he now knows what type of player he really needs yeah. in recruiting to compete at the highest level against the best teams in this conference. 
Uh, Colorado. I think we have to include Colorado State. Oh, they were certainly. physical on the line that yeah, made it th- difficult for USU. So his eyes have been opened, but there's not a whole lot you can do when you're in the season. It's not like you can go out and get a free agent or make a trade. <laughs> you know, call it's a couple like, of guys. Hey, it is what we we are who we are. And he has said we've tried to use our speed and athleticism to make up for the lack of size and physicality. And some games you can get away with it, while clearly others you can't. 9883 texts into the show. What bowl games are USU in line for after the loss? So I have talked to a couple people about this. Um, and by the way, everything is not out the window. Uh, if you get help from San Diego State, which you could as they host the Boise State Broncos on Friday morning, one hour before Utah State plays New Mexico, and San Diego State wins that game, and you are going and you win your game, you're going to the conference championship with a chance to play in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Uh, and if you lose that bowl game, or you don't make it to the conference championship, there's still plenty of options out there from uh, those who I've talked to. The Frisco Bowl is, a, is still an option. Uh, Aggies went there two years ago, got lit up by Kent State, 52-42. But it was a beautiful bowl. It was a great scene. It was a really, really cool stadium. It was actually really fun. It was was awesome. I would not mind going back there. Uh, There has been small talk about the Hawaii Bowl. I hope we don't go there. I don't want to see that place. Um, (laughs) You don't want to spend Christmas. I don't want to spend Christmas there. Why not? Why would you want to spend Christmas in Hawaii? I want to spend it in Utah at home. With my family. Where it's cold in the snow? Yeah, but it's where your family is. I don't want to go to Hawaii for Christmas Eve. I mean, and That's yeah. true, you're alone. You won't be taking your family with you. I'm taking yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay for everybody's ticket to go to Hawaii. Okay, you would understand. Cheapskate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh so the Hawaii Bowl's been small rumored. Uh I have the good news is I've not heard any talk about the Boise State Idaho Potato Bowl. Arizona Bowl still in play, and uh the the Raton Bowl. In uh, Phoenix, Arizona would also be a good one. They could get there. The what? The Raton Bowl in it, Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah, is it Raton or what? Well, there's it? a Boca Raton Bowl, which is in Florida. What? What's the bowl in Phoenix? It's the uh, first responders. No, it's not that one. Dang it! Bowl games in Phoenix. It's uh, I don't, man, I don't remember what. Well, it, the, the the bottom line. Oh, here, guaranteed rate bowl. Sorry. Oh, guaranteed rate bowl. The bottom line here is Utah State is like all of the Mountain West bowl tie-ins, Utah State still has opportunity to be absolutely to go to any yeah. one of those from Arizona down in Tucson to Boise to Hawaii. I mean, it's any of those are, are possibilities. Really what matters here is what happens Friday between San Diego State and Boise State. By the way, Boise State is a two and a half point favorite right now going into this game. Wow. Uh, but Mountain West is likely to have more teams bowl eligible, and so they could send a team to another ESPN-owned bowl, likely in the Fort Worth, Dallas area. And so that would be the Frisco Bowl, and there's several others that are down there. So there are chances that Utah State could end up in the Dallas area as one of those extra teams that the Mountain West sends, which frankly is is probably a little better payout if they go to those. Yeah. But that's still kind of a mythical thing when people talk about these big bull payouts. It really depends on how many tickets you're going to sell. So don't get caught up in the, 
this bowl has a better bowl payout than another because there's travel that's costs and how many tickets can you really sell as an institution. So th- some of it is kind of fuzzy math. Nine seven two one. Why are we talking about the offense? Ridgeline's offense could have put up thirty on that Aggie defense, and the uh, defense was oh, well. I, okay. I, I, <laughs> would you quit taking everything so literally? <laughs> Good gosh. Um, you're right. The defense was marshmallow. It was just it was out physical. It couldn't tackle. They couldn't wrap up. Um, you're you got guys wide open on the middle, just on like ten yard in cuts, simple basic routes that they couldn't guard. It was an issue. The defense was a problem. I mean, they gave up forty four points. Well, what do you do? I mean, you try to stop the run, and they're throwing to their big wide receivers who are making great catches, and the, that quarterback was making great throws. So do you drop back to take away the passing game? Well, you got two really good dynamic physical running backs that are going to chew up yards. So Wyoming made it really tough. The Utah State secondary got burned uh, playing the player, not the ball, too often and losing where the ball is in the air. Um, And those Wyoming uh, wide receivers were just bigger and physical and made some great catches. 2305, do you think next year's starting quarterback is on campus now for the Aggies? Yeah, if Logan Bonner doesn't leave campus, then I'm pretty sure he'll be back next year as a starting quarterback. Logan Bond is your starting quarterback next year, period, end of story, unless there's something bad that happens that, God forbid, won't happen. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Logan Bond is your starting quarterback this year and next year, period. The guys, the guys won eight games. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I mean, And yes. I feel, now, now, do I think Keasley's back next year? That's a different story. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Cooper Lagarde. Does he stick around? Yes. Oh, yeah. I think Cooper, he does. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I've yeah. But Cooper's sticking around. Peasley's the one that you've probably got to worry about going. And I, I would not blame him in the least. But if he left, I would not blame him at all. He's waited it out a couple of years, and he's been passed over both those years. Uh, one of those years, he shouldn't have been passed over, but it was just due to bad coaching, bad technique, bad. Uh, there was a lot of problems last year, but uh, this year he had a fair shake at it. Lost out to Logan Bonner, and you can see why. Two one nine seven. Thanks for the great season, Aggies. But hopefully we have three new linebackers and a couple safeties coming in for next season. Yeah, Justin's done. Nick Henniger's done. Well, uh, Henniger's on the defensive line. Yeah. Metsy is Metsy done? Yeah, I think he's done. Is Sac- he? I was going to say, I think he is. Shaq AJ Vong Bachan, he'll be back. He's got one more year left. Shaq Bond. Which I think is great. Yeah, oh, geez, yes. I think Shaq Bond's gone. Uh, Cash Gilliam is gone, I think. So he would be out the door. Yep. Uh, who else am I missing? Andre Grayson. Is gone, yep. Yeah, I think because he, he used his COVID year this year, too. Um, Zahadri Jackson. Is he gone? He's a senior. Wow. Huh. So, yeah, they'll need some talent coming in. Definitely. Uh, 2197, number five and 30, number 33, major liabilities, but play hard. Who is 33? Was that, That's not Zahadri, is it? Uh, hang on. I think, isn't. 33 is Metzenheimer. Yeah, and then number five and is. That's Cash? Cash Gilliam. Yeah. They're major liabilities? 
Cash isn't. Mets is. I don't know about that. We'll I think Mets and I think Mets and Heimer's a liability. I don't uh, think Cash is though. I think Cash has been good this year. Cash has been pretty solid. Cash I, I wasn't think, good last year. I, I think Mets and Heimer's okay. I don't know if I'd say he's a liability. I don't know if I'd say he's a superstar either. But I don't know that he's a liability. I I, I wouldn't say that. Do you know who we're really gonna miss though? Is is Henniger? Yes. We are gonna miss him so much. Watch the tape, Eric. Two one nine seven says. Okay. Eric, go watch some film. Oh, all right. Go do some studying. Uh, we're gonna miss Henniger, dude. Just yeah. the leadership, the calm, the attitude. Like he just—I mean, you heard him in his post-game press conference. It was just, you know, it's 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 positivity the whole way, and that leadership can be so big for a team like this. They are really gonna miss Nick. I'm man. I'm sad he's going. Hey, is Derek Wright a senior? Uh, yes. That sucks. Yeah, that's a bummer. I want him back. I'd do anything to get that guy back. Well, he's been such a great option that if um, if teams are going to focus on Devin Tompkins, Derek Wright's a solid, solid other weapon to have there and to throw to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And teams have overlooked him and to their detriment. 9883 text in, with Oregon losing to Utah, what is the chances of Cincinnati making the playoff? Well, it depends because now you got to look at this weekend. It'll yeah, depend. it's going to really, really With another clear up team a pitcher. in Ohio. Yep, Ohio State. What I if I'm Cincinnati, I'm cheering for Ohio State. Ohio State needs to win because if Michigan beats Ohio State, they will leapfrog Leap into that top four. Yep, uh, you need Ohio State to beat Michigan by a lot, and then it wouldn't hurt for Auburn to beat Alabama. But if Alabama beats Auburn, then you're going to just pretty much stay chalk going into conference championship weekend. Then things could get kind of crispy. Like if Georgia beats Alabama, how far do they fall? Well, and uh, Notre Dame's on the on the outside looking. Yeah, they're, on the fr- and, and they're knocking on the door. And now, do you put them ahead of Cincinnati even though Cincinnati beat them in the head-to-head? Well, do you put them ahead even though Notre Dame doesn't have a conference championship game to play in? Their final game is against a 3-9 and Stanford football team. I mean, there's a lot of questions to ask. I would say Cincinnati. And Notre Dame hasn't had a really spectacular, no, no you know, set of opponents. That Not even close. Taken care of. Not even close. I would Cause, say because Cincinnati had the nice win against SMU. They still have Houston pending, who's in the top 25. Yeah. So uh, Cincinnati has an opportunity to build a better resume than Indiana and uh, Notre Dame. Excuse me. So I think just based on where we're at right now. Cincinnati has a 100% chance of making it. Right now, right at this very moment, Cincinnati's going to be in the top four in that playoff t- t- tomorrow night. Okay, here's another dark horse. Okay. Oklahoma State. No way. They play Oklahoma okay. this weekend, who is a top thir- t- uh, who's ranked 13th. And then they could play for the their conference. Wait, does the Big 12 have a conference championship game? They do. They have to now. That's right. So... They have an opportunity to, to improve their their resume as well. 2197. Likelihood of Cincinnati going to the playoff is the same as USU's. Zero chance. The good old boys club lets them in. Uh, I, I think Cincinnati's in the top four tomorrow night when those things are released. And if they're not, there's going to be a riot. But I, I think there are. But Cincinnati, Cincinnati won, and they beat a good team, but they still dropped one spot in the AP. Uh-huh. They dropped one spot in the coaches' poll. 
But that's because they wanted to rearrange to get Ohio State a higher ranking. But, but it's still it's silly. Alabama struggled against Arkansas. Yeah, one by seven. But Cincinnati won a good game. Yeah, they, they're still undefeated. Dude, Heather Dinich of ESPN put out there, well, uh, Cincinnati, you know, dominated a really a much lesser talent opponent, and then brings out the fact that uh, Notre Dame could have a chance to leapfrog Cincinnati based on their end of season year, and I'm like, they play three and nine or like three and eight Stanford. I, I just there's some agendas that are trying but to. They be- beat Navy, which isn't really that good. No, they beat Virginia, which is a bowl team, but they're not ranked. Uh, they beat Georgia Tech, blew them out. Georgia Tech's not good. So don't, don't I don't buy this end of season yeah, stuff. Yeah, me neither. Me, I'm so with you on this. I again, I think a lot of it will determine where where things stand after this Saturday. It's Rivalry Saturday. We all love Rivalry Saturday. Great games on the line, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, you've got uh, Alabama, Auburn. You've got Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. There's a bunch of great games, and a lot of them have conference title implications one way or another on the line. So so Cincinnati, by the way, they play East Carolina, mm-hmm. who is 7-5 and five on the year. Mm-hmm. So, excuse me, 7-4. and four. So they're not bad. They're not a bad team. No. Oh. In fact, and I then they a, would face if, if Houston. Well, the way things are, they'd play Houston in the title game. And Houston's a top twenty-five team with only one loss. Uh, I was going to. I was going to uh, read you what Heather said. I can't find it, but uh, anyways, I. <laughs> yeah, I I find it interesting how the agenda tries to pull for those big name teams, but here's the thing: if you're the playoff committee. You can't have two SEC and two Big Ten, two Big Ten teams in. It just it would do you harm. Like you got to find a way. I mean, you can't find a way, but you got to hopefully see some variety in there. All they would be doing would be accelerating the college football playoff expansion. expansion. Yep, I would agree with you. All right, we got to take a break. Coming back, you'll hear from players and coaches: uh, Blake Anderson, Hunter Reynolds, Calvin Tyler Jr. At five twenty, we'll have Tyler Newbold. Uh, to talk about Aggie basketball as the Aggies uh, win the Myrtle Beach Invitational. We'll talk about that. Utah Jazz over the weekend, college football over the weekend, NFL over the weekend. It's all coming up much more on the Full Court Press. This is The Herd. The winner in this is also Colin Cowherd. It's time to sit down with Aaron Rodgers, work on a new deal, give him a ton of guaranteed money, and trade Jordan Love. Drafting is an inexact science. Belichick and Pete Carroll have a dozen players they've with Everybody makes big mistakes. The key is, don't double down on them. Jordan Love's not special. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Colonel? Good morning, sir. I see you found a way to keep our cannon out of the mud. Pavers, sir. As a mason, I used to lay them for courtyards and patios. Brilliant. Thank you. They hold up beautifully no matter how punishing the conditions. I can see that. Say, uh, after the war... Think you'd be available to pave my patio at Mount Vernon? Stone pavers from Castellite really catch your eye. Do it yourself with the expert help at Castellite. For all your brick, block, rock, paver, and tile needs, go where the pros go. Castellite.com. Crystal Vision, the gold medal winner of Best of Northern Utah, has a deal for you. They need to clear space for their new eyewear lines coming in, which means you can save 40% off of selected styles and brands of frames in stock that will fit your unique style and budget. Take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. 
Let this be the year your glasses feel like they were made for you. Crystal Vision, on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Tis the season, and if you're getting engaged, bring that special someone to S.E. Needham Jewelers. You'll love our extensive selection of beautiful engagement rings. Also, you'll select a diamond from Utah's largest selection of loose diamonds. You'll find a unique ring at an affordable price with diamonds direct from Antwerp, Belgium at internet pricing. It just doesn't get better. And you may also take advantage of our 12-month interest-free financing. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. The holidays bring family, friends, and parties and more. How important is it to you to know that your house is sparkling clean this holiday season? Trust ChemDry of Northern Utah's hot carbonating extraction process to ensure your home is the cleanest, healthiest environment for your family gatherings this season. From carpets to hardwood floors to furniture and even granite countertops for baking. This is Daryl with Northern Utah ChemDry. Call us for some amazing holiday deals. ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry of Northern Utah. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems. Did you know that Valley Office Systems is a local company with Utah ownership and we are debt-free with 47 years of industry experience? Valley remains your safe and smart choice for document solutions and all things office. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. It's Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for joining us, however, wherever you're doing so. Utah State basketball with a big tournament uh, sweep in the uh, on the East Coast in South Carolina. Utah State football falls to Wyoming. How about Utah State volleyball? Before we go any further, how cool is that? Oh, tremendous. Is that awesome what or what? What a great great season for Ron them. Nilton comes in and they just <laughs> they turn into Mount West Conference champs in the regular season. Now they got a tournament. Yeah. Uh but they get a bye in the first round and then uh I think that actually starts this week. I'll have to go look that up. 9883 is Justin Bean up for National Player of the Year? No. Is he an All-American right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, he's an All-American. Gosh, look what the guy's doing. I mean, there aren't very many guys in, in college basketball that are doing what he's doing every night. By the way, he was named Mountain West Conference Player of the Week for the second week in a row. There's only been two weeks of college basketball, and he's been named for Mountain West Conference Player of the Week yeah, both times. Got him back That back. is look, impressive. Colorado State had a good week. Boise State had a good week. Yeah, how about their big win over, uh, who did they get yesterday, man? Boise State beat who? Um, uh, Ole Miss, right? In basketball, I believe. Yeah, it was from a Power 5 conference. And Colorado State got a win. Colorado State's going to be a With a ton pump. of threes, oh, too. Oh, jeez, yeah, dude. Colorado State is going to be really, really good. This whole Mount West conference uh, yeah, it was Boise, is going to be a Boise State beat Ole Miss 60-50. to 50. Colorado State beat uh, Creighton. Roddy scored 36 points. Good heck. 36? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna wreck some teams in uh, in Mount West Conference play. Mount West Conference is gonna be an absolute death row for a lot of teams. 
2305. The two teams we can't seem to beat in football is BYU and Boise State. What do they have to do on the roster that we need to match up with? Size. And size. Size. <laughs> size and size. I got nothing. I mean, that's Physicality. it. Physicality. It's just, yeah, it's just that BYU has those big boys that can compete with the Pac-12, the Big Ten teams. They, they have that talent and size in Utah State. Be honestly, they don't. You, you can do some things with scheme that will take you so far, but uh, if you have the things that you do in recruiting make a make a real big difference. They do. I mean, just the guys that you have available makes a real big difference. Six eight nine one, Eric. How did the Aggies not get a single vote in the polls? They did. Uh, they did. They got ten votes in the coaches' poll. They did not receive any in the AP. Uh, but they did receive 10 votes in the coaches. Colorado State got 11 yeah. in the coaches. If you're asking why not yet, uh, you can't lose to UC Davis at home. Just can't do it. Got to be better than that. Yeah. that Right? That's a strike against Utah State right now. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of football, I want to uh, go through this really quickly. Just look at the uh, the recap of the weekend from Mount West Conference. Eric, if we could. Uh, and then we'll kind of talk about what the scenario plays into this week. San Diego State... Gets by barely, and this has been like just a pre-record of UNLV season over and over again. Just push rewind and play. 28-20, San Diego State wins. That UNLV had a chance on their final drive and then couldn't finish it off. Uh, so San Diego State wins. For whatever reason, the Rebels always play tough against the Aztecs. Yeah. And now uh, Air Force, uh, they beat Nevada 41-39 in triple overtime. What a game that was. Uh, so now Air Force is eight and three on the season, five and two in Mount West Conference play. By the way, San Diego State six and one, and Nevada's four and three in conference play. Wyoming, of course, over Utah State, 44-17. Boise State shuts out New Mexico despite only scoring two offensive touchdowns, thirty-seven to nothing. Uh, two block punts for touchdowns really did it in for New Mexico. Uh, Hawaii beats uh, Colorado State fifty to forty-five. Shootout. Colorado is now two and five in conference play, as is the Rainbows. So here's Colorado State had twenty eight fourth quarter points. Good heck! So here is Adilio Tirio. For those who are still asking or still wondering, I'm going to just go ahead and keep it simple for you. San Diego State and Boise State play at nine o'clock in the morning. If San Diego State wins and Utah State wins, it'll be San Diego State and Utah State in the conference championship. Correct. If San Diego State loses and Air Force wins, by the way, uh, Boise State and San Diego State they play at ten. Oh, ten! Oh, ten Mountain. Ten time, o'clock Mountain. Time. Nine is man. Nine o'clock at San Diego State. Woo! Yeah, it's uh, an early kick time. It'll be on CBS. Yes, it will. If Boise State were to beat San Diego State, it would be Fresno State and Air Force in the conference championship. If San Diego State were to win and Utah State were to lose, it would be San Diego State and Air Force in the conference championship. So let's just put it this way. Boise will not make it unless Air Force loses to UNLV, which let's not rule that out. Air Force currently an 18-point favorite in that game. Yeah, but we've seen how those games can go with (laughs) UNLV. Yeah, true. Don't count it out yet. So that's kind of where your scenario stands right now. Uh, See here. So just to explain why that works, if Utah State wins – if Boise State wins and Air Force wins, it's a three-way tie in the uh, on top of the Mountain Division. All would be six and two. The next, t- but they all beat each other. It's kind of a round robin. The next thing that they would look at for tiebreaker is what was your 
uh, record in the division, and Utah State's two losses came in the division, where Air Force and Boise State had another loss that was outside of the division. So Utah State is eliminated, and now it just goes to the head-to-head, and Air Force has a tiebreaker there. 2305 sounds like to me the most important thing Coach and her son will be doing is recruiting. Those big boys now is that this is the offseason, and that has to happen. Uh, Coach is a guy, first of all. Uh, be doing recruiting. <laughs> well, that's a voice to text, maybe. But yeah, recruiting is big, and I've I've heard that this is one of the best yes incoming classes that Utah State's perhaps ever, ever had, had, at it, least in a very very long time. It it's ranks really number two behind Boise in the uh, in the uh, Mount West Conference rank of recruiting, and that's saying something because it's a really tricky year for recruiting because of the the COVID stuff. There are a lot of really good athletes who aren't getting offers. Yep. Crazy, huh? Isn't that? I know that you gave me the same look. So, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of really good athletes just do preferred walk ons and then hope somebody transfers or something happens <clears throat> where they get a scholarship down the line. But there's there's quite a few really good athletes yeah, who are not going to get a scholarship after they graduate. Yep, and, which is crazy. And for those asking about Devin Tompkins, that he wasn't on the senior photo, uh, I would hold tight to whatever Tompkins jerseys you have and storm for next season. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll take a break. Coming back, uh, Eric, let's go ahead and get to our my least favorite segment of the whole entire week. It is the most anticipated no and look forward to event no that we do all week. No one cares. Do I still owe you for no? Because little Debbie came and paid you up for Yeah, me. you you leaned on No. You leaned no, on our audience remember, to come through for you. Because our audience screwed me over. <laughs> oh, yes. Again. Yes. You're trying to push the blame. You said they were gonna pick the answers, and they did, and they lost. All right. We're all coming back with <laughs> pick six results. Next on the Full Court Press. This, keep it under the download here, is the Dan Patrick Show. Roger Goodell gets paid over $120 million the last two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's interesting, too, because I'm looking at a story from uh, April 29th, 2020, and it's Roger Goodell is cutting his salary to zero. Somehow combined between last year and this year, it's $120-something million. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It started out as free. But then they said it would only be a few cents a day. What you're hearing is real, and it may be happening to you. I pay for streaming video, then the cloud storage, then streaming audio. Where does it end? It ended up being a lot every month. This is the sound of nickel and diming syndrome. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I just want to hear my music. Is that so wrong? There is hope. For millions of people, there's radio. Radio? Radio. With zero down and zero per month, radio delivers all the news, music, and entertainment you want, when you want it, for free. No usernames, passwords, or Wi-Fi connections required. Here's my card number. It's 7354. Shh. Don't speak. When you listen to local radio, you'll never need that. <laughs> this, this is so wonderful. Yes, it is. The cure for nickel and diming syndrome. <laughs> oh, I could use a hug. It's radio. No subscription required. 
West Liberty Foods in Tremonton is hiring for general production on both shifts, starting at $15.85 per hour, with a shift premium added for second shift. Machine operators on first shift start at $16.65 per hour. 12-hour rotating 223 schedule, which means a three-day weekend every other week. West Liberty Foods offers paid vacations, 401k, medical, dental, and vision insurance. You can also try their new Pick Any Three Days for a part-time schedule. Call 435-207-7000 to speak with a recruiter today. As we head into this wonderful time of year, Ascent Aesthetics says thanks, Cash Alley, for your warm welcome. Ascent Aesthetics has loved getting to know you and how to help with Botox, fillers, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, or skincare. Remember, the perfect gift this year is a beautiful you. Let the Ascent team help you feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. Give the perfect gift this year a treatment from Ascent Aesthetics. Learn more at ascentaesthetics.com. That's ascentaesthetics.com. Not sure what to give for a holiday gift? How about a gift card to Beehive Pub and Grill? Receive a free gelato with a $25 gift card purchase or a free burger or sandwich of your choice with a $50 gift card purchase. Your friends will love you even more when they receive their Beehive gift card. Corporate promotions are also available. Open 11 to 9 weekdays and 11 to 10 Friday and Saturday. Beehive Pub and Grill is perfect for the holidays. I'm here with Jay Broadbent from Alpine Home Medical. Jay, I hear your ads for CPAP resupply all the time. What do I need to do to just get that taken care of? It's easy. We can set up your CPAP resupply within a few minutes. We'll work out all the insurance for you, and then we'll start mailing the supplies straight to your door. You can even chat with a CPAP specialist online. Just visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. We'll have you sleeping better in no time. Alpine Home Medical, we bring This is Bruce Rigby from Cash Valley Bank. People come to me all the time and say, wow, Cash Valley Bank is growing. We are growing and providing banking services to many communities in Utah and particularly here in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank is actively involved in our communities with local people who can make decisions quickly and professionally. We're a community bank and Cash Valley is important to us. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Every great team knows that you have to train to stay on top of your game. Even top players continue to practice the fundamentals. That's why Les Olson Company offers free IT security awareness training so your business can stop threats before they become a problem. Learn what to do in case of a suspected phishing attack. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. With down home country prices and big city selection. E-I-E-I-O When you're looking for a friendly spot to drive a little and save a lot, hey, Lone Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Derek France and Ajay Salves here on the Full Court Press, 1069 The Fan. However, wherever you're joining us, I got to make sure I'm clear on this because I. I might have misspoke. 
if Air Force, Boise State, and Utah State all win on Saturday, Air Force is headed to the Mountain West Conference Championship and Correct. they'll play Fresno State. Correct. If you got, Yep, you said that right. Okay, I did. Yep. All right. And San Diego State beats Boise and the Aggies win, then it's San Diego State and Utah State no matter what Air Force does. Correct. Yep. Fetch. I just got, so Air Force. I'm is in the group there text and I'm like trying to miss things to happen, and uh, so is Fresno. So yeah. it, it's a tight race down to the very end. Speaking of a tight race down to the very end, which hasn't been the case in the last five weeks, Eric pick six. Let's hear it. All right, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and do stuff. Why? Because I don't want to be around for this. I think crap. you do. Nine three one zero. What if all three lose? If Aggies lose to New Mexico, Boise State loses to San Diego State, and Air Force loses, Air Force goes. Uh, that's a good question. I don't. I'll have to double. Th- we'll look at that during the break. That may take a little bit more <laughs> figuring out. I mean, it's the least likely of scenario, but still, it's a possibility. Uh, in the meantime, we got to run through our pick six results. The things we thought could happen this weekend. Okay, number one: Wyoming rushing yards. The line was set at one fifty and a half. Yeah, well, the Aggies did do so great there. Wyoming more than doubled that up. 362 is what they gave up. I took the under. Ajay took the over. So, Ajay, you got that right. Uh, Trevin Dorius rebounds versus New Mexico State. I had faith that he'd come in there after uh, Horvath rolled his ankle and would play a big role. Well, he only got actually zero rebounds. I took the over. <laughs> Uh, you took the under. The re- line was set at six and a half. That was silly. So Ajay's up 2-0. Uh, Rudy Gay points at Sacramento. Look, he had a great debut in a Jazz uh, uniform um, the uh, couple nights before. But at Sacramento, he only had three points. The line was set at 10.5. I took the over. Ajay took the under. So, so far, Ajay, you're you're batting 100, and I'm uh, 0 for. Uh, Cam Rising passing yards for the Utes. Line was set at 179.5. He had 178. Wow. That was close. Uh, we both took the under. We both got that right. Uh, Aztecs over Nevada in football by 10.5. Actually, it was by 8. I took the under. You took the over. And then finally, Ole Miss, passing yards versus Vandy. Line was set at 250.5. We both took the over. They actually threw for 326. All that being said, Ajay, you only missed on one of your pick six results. And so you beat me five to three. Congratulations. Okay, so here all oh, okay, here it is. Mountain West was kind enough to send out a tweet about this whole entire thing. Yeah, Air Force clinches the mountain division if Air Force Boyd State, Utah State all win. That would create a three way tie, or Air Force wins and Utah State loses. Boise State clinches the mountain division if Boise State wins and Air Force loses. And Utah State clinches the Mountain Division if Utah State wins and Boise State loses. There you go. All right. So, bottom and if, line, and if they all USU lose, needs to win, and they need to be San Diego State Aztec fans. And by the way, uh, if all three lose, Air Force will go. They own the tiebreaker. If all three lose. So it'll be the same thing if all three won. All right, coming up, uh, Eric's going to step out. I got Tyler Newbold coming up in about 20 minutes, second hour of the Full Court Press. So you I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Anyone who tuned into the Cowboys-Chiefs game expecting a shootout was probably disappointed. 
The over-under was 55 and a half. They didn't even come close. Chiefs won 19 to 9. Doesn't sound that impressive, but to win with defense isn't something we expected from Kansas City this season. The Chiefs' D was a problem back in September. On Sunday, that defense led the way. Chris Jones is back, and he's dominating, leading a pass rush that frustrated Dak Prescott all afternoon long. The secondary stepped up with some big plays as well, and they needed every one of them because the Chiefs weren't sharp on offense. They moved the ball but made too many mistakes, lost a fumble through a pick, but the Chiefs head into their bye week on a four-game winning streak. They've gotten through the toughest part of their schedule and appear to be in good shape in the West. It hasn't been pretty, but considering the way the season started, they'll take these wins however they come. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Sports Talk Radio. It's this man. It's the compassion. It's the it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the, it's the horse sense of the guy. You know what? This is crap. We're going to stop this. I can't stand it. Run it again. Huddle up and run it again. We're rolling now. <laughs> I think so. Microphones are on. Marker 810. Go. The Eggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Uh-oh. Stop him. three. The high schools. Also going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30. The 25. Makes the move to the 20. 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying. I beg your pardon? It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvison. Because what you're really saying when you're using all this blabberish is, A.J., you were right and I was wrong. That's what I'm hearing from you. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press 502, your start time, hour number two on a Monday evening as we get ready to celebrate the Thanksgiving week. Hope you guys got some great plans with family, friends, loved ones to uh, share with. And then watch some football on Friday morning as the Aggies get ready to take on New Mexico in Albuquerque. An Aggie win and an Aztec win, and we've got December 4th football in San Diego. That's how it goes. And then Saturday evening, the uh, Utah State Aggies men's basketball team We'll be taking on, I can't remember who they're playing, actually. They're playing somebody, and they're not as near as good as Utah State, so this should be a route. But go support the Aggies. Utah State Lady Aggie basketball will be getting ready to go. They play at BYU tomorrow, and they're uh, at Southeast Louisiana on Saturday uh, for a 12 o'clock start. Um, So, yeah, lots of Aggie action going on. We did talk about Aggie football in the first hour. But we'd love to talk more if you wish as well. We're going to get an Aggie basketball here in the second hour. We're going to try and transition to the hardwood. We kind of got through the depressing stuff a little bit, right? Uh, if you want to text into the show, 435-339-0321. We are live uh, inside the comfy confines of the Cash Valley Media Group Studios. I'm Ajay Salveson. Eric Franson has stepped out for the evening, so he'll be gone. But I'll be here. Eric Franson will have Ryland Jones on tomorrow at the top of the hour, top of the show, 4 o'clock. Uh, to start off the Tuesday show, so don't miss that. Tyler Newbold's going to join me here in about mm, 20 minutes, give or take, and we're going to talk Aggie basketball with him. He's going to give us his thoughts on what this Aggie team looks like so far from his point of view. 2776, text into the show. Have we talked about how the black uniforms need to be banned yet? Yes. Yes, we have. And they need to be burned. Crispy burned. More blacker than they are. 
Like, eliminate those jerseys and and destroy any evidence of those jerseys that are laying around anywhere. They should never, ever, ever be seen ever again. Period. Ever. Those jerseys are horrible, and they're a menace to society. Aggies fall to the Wyoming Cowboys 44-17, and I think it was more... Like, it's one thing to lose in the Mount West Conference because it's really hard to go undefeated in Mount West Conference play. It's it's one thing to lose, but to get demolished, to get undressed, like Wyoming did to Utah State, both defensively and offensively, was just shock. I was absolutely stunned about that. I couldn't believe it. Um, And, I mean, to see... Uh, Swen go 99 yards for a touchdown. Longest touchdown ran, run the Aggie defense has given up since 2006 in DeMarco Murray. Uh, just unreal. I, I, I don't know what happened on Saturday, Saturday night. I really don't. But time to flush it, right? Time to move on and get it out of our system. We are now moving on to the New Mexico Lobos. In Albuquerque, Friday, uh, 11 a.m.? Is that Pacific? It might be Pacific time. I don't know. Uh, 11 a.m. start time, so you'll get pregame with Al Lewis, Eric Franson, Ryan Bohm. Postgame, Eric Franson, Ryan Bohm, Al Lewis. So, and Craig Kissup will be there for pregame as well, so don't miss out on that. Uh, 2776, basketball is talking about wearing them against St. Mary's. They have the same record as Blackout. Okay, then that can't happen. We cannot let that happen. Please, marketing team, do not let those black jerseys make an appearance. If we have not won a game with them, we cannot have them against St. Against Mary's. It, it scares me too much. 9883, how about them Patriots first place in the division? Are we first place? I say we like I have something to do with it. I do. I do have something to do with it. So, yeah, I'll say we. Um, let's see here. Oh, my gosh, we are first place. It's 7-4. and four. Yes. Yes, I told you all along that we'd be back. I knew it. I knew it. Suck on that, Bills. Yes, I love it. You know what's even better is uh, the 2-8 and eight Jets. I just love seeing the Jets suck. I really do. It's, it's one of the greatest thrills of my life. Hey, by the way, speaking of the Patriots and past, uh, I don't know if you guys have watched that uh, Man in the Arena documentary. And I know it's Tom Brady, so you're probably all like, uh, Ajay, I'm going to go throw up. By all means, hurl away. I'm just saying, before you hurl, go watch it. Episode 1 uh, was last Tuesday. Episode 2 is tomorrow. And it's really, really good. Like, And, and it doesn't sugarcoat a whole lot. At least it doesn't look like it. Um, in the, ep- the first episode, they kind of talk about how Tom Brady came to be. Right? There's a whole Drew Bledsoe getting... Uh, decimated by Mo Lewis on a run out of bounds, and then Tom Brady uh, getting crushed by, I can't remember who it was that took his knees out in the AFC Championship game, and then Drew Bledsoe coming back to win it uh, to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh, but then Tom Brady starting the Super Bowl. Just that whole process of how Tom Brady came to be, it's pretty good. I think you would enjoy it. Uh, 2776, Audrey, if you make it happen, you will move up to number three in my full-court press host ranking. Wait, timeout. Okay, number one or two is Eric. Who's number? Who's the other one? If you say AJ, so help me, I'll quit. 
I swear, I will turn off this show right now, and you're going to get Chris, Chris Broussard, and you're going to hate life. You're going to absolutely hate life. 2787. Ajay did not know where the Patriots stood in their division because he's a Bucks fan now. Okay. Look, I can't, I'm a Bucks fan and a Patriots fan. It's possible. By the way, I can't wait till that part comes out. I'm, I'm pre- probably like the last episode, right? How when Tom Brady explains how his decision came to be to be part of the Buccaneers, uh, he'll probably sugarcoat a little bit, but I'm sure other people will not. And I don't think Bill Belichick's in that. It's like ten episodes. I don't think Coach Bill Belichick's in that thing at all. So he must have said no. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to freaking kiss Tom Brady's butt. I ain't here to do that. All right, two three zero five. How many people does the Hawaii Bowl draw on December 24th, regardless of who is playing? That's a great question. I don't know. Um, Like, are you asking how many people in attendance there? Because it's not a lot, honestly. It's, it's not that many. Unless it's Hawaii playing in the bowl game, which they're not this year. So I, I don't know what that draw would be like or has been like. I'd have to look that up. That, that's a great question, though. Uh, it is on Christmas Eve. I just, look, I've never been to Hawaii in my life, and I, I really do want to go. It's on my bucket list. But not on Christmas Eve. Like, I, I'm, mm, send me to, to, I don't know, Frisco. Like, Frisco, that Frisco Bowl, I'm telling you, was an awesome, awesome setting. I loved going to Frisco, Texas. I had a blast there. Uh, because our hotel was right Actually, it was right next to the Dallas Cowboys practice facility. It was just a great setting, great area, incredible atmosphere. The so-, so the stadium is actually a soccer stadium, and they have to uh, kind of recreate it into a football stadium. But it was it was really cool. Honestly, it was really really fun to be at, and I I would not mind going back to Frisco, Texas, for a bowl game if we got that opportunity. Uh, let's see here. 2305, it would be better playing on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be okay on New Year's Eve. Actually, I don't think I'd be able to go because I got a women's basketball game. We're, I think we're home against Air Force. I'll have to go look. Yeah, I think we're home against Air Force. But, uh, yeah, New Year's Eve wouldn't be a bad thing. But I, I wouldn't mind going to San Francisco for a bowl game. Of course, L.A., I've never been to, like, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, California, so I wouldn't mind going there either. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Arizona would be fine by me. Just not Boise State, not the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, what else would I be missing here? I don't know if I really want to go to Florida either. Just try to keep it to the west side of the states. <laughs> I know I'm being kind of picky, but whatever. Uh, All right, should we talk some basketball, folks, shall we? Utah State men's basketball, how about that? Uh, They win in double overtime against Penn. You think their legs are going to be jello going against New Mexico State. Instead, they're up by one point of 40. They win by 27, which is their largest winning margin versus New Mexico State since 1963, and it's the biggest blowout for either team since 2008 when New Mexico State ran the Aggies off by 30, 170, at New Mexico State, domination in every which way. So then you're like, okay, well, how much do they got in the juice now to go play Oklahoma on Sunday? They've been on the road since November 10th. 
do they actually have it in them to be able to go win a basketball game against Oklahoma in the Myrtle Beach Invitational title game? Absolutely. What a great performance by the Utah State Aggies. Of course, Justin Bean is at the center of that, right? I mean, his his performance was phenomenal. Utah State wins at 73-70. to uh, Brandon Horvath in 31 minutes was 3 of 8. He had 13 points. Uh, Rylan Jones was really good uh, defensively and just decision-making-wise. Didn't shoot it well. He was 0-5 from 3, 3 of 13 from the field. He had 6 points. Uh, RJ Idlerock had... 10 points. Brock Miller had 16. He shot 4-10 from 3. It's good to see Brock shoot it well. And when Brock shoots it well, you know you're going to be able to spread the court. You know you're going to have great opportunities all around because it makes Brock a threat. Uh, Steven Ashworth played 23 minutes. He had 4 points. 2-2 at the charity line and 1-3 from the field. And then Oklahoma side, they had 4 guys in double figures and they were starters. Hill had 10. Gross had 18. Harkless had 10, and Gibson had 16. And and the Sooners led by 7 at one point in this game, in the second half. And Utah State went on a run, kind of got back into it, and turned it on. Justin Bean, 24 points, 19 rebounds. But it's it's the what he's shooting more than what he's scoring. What I mean is he shot 8 of 11 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3, and 6 of 7 at the line. Now, one miss was kind of big because the Aggies went 20-21 from the line. So he was the lone wolf to miss a free throw, of course, right? Justin Bean has been so good. Incredible. 2-3-0-5. Justin uh, Bean is perhaps the best overall player, defense or offense, rebounding smart of the last many years. Yeah? I would... Keta was... Well, Keta started raw in his first two years, and I think he picked it up in that third year really well. Uh, Justin Bean, of course, he was mentioned uh, Western, or it's not Western, Mountain West Conference Player of the Week. No surprise, back-to-back weeks for him in that reward. He won his first, conf- or first, second, wow, I can't talk today. He won his second preseason tournament MVP award. Uh, he also was the MVP in the Jamaican uh, Jersey Mike's Classic Tournament in 2019. So it's a second tournament MVP. Uh, he set a new tournament record with a total of 43 rebounds over the three-game tournament span. Uh, broke the record by halftime. He broke the record by halftime, you guys. And the best part for him is he grew up a Sooners fan. And he had a chance to play against his childhood you know, dream team of uh, the Oklahoma Sooners in the championship game. Uh, just phenomenal stuff. He played 49 minutes. Uh, in the uh, victory over Penn. Uh, he had a career-high 33 points in that game with 16 boards, added five assists and three steals, shooting 68% from the field, uh, 66% from three, and 100% at the line, went 5-5. Five five. In the New Mexico State game, Bean played in 30 minutes, 17 points, eight rebounds, three assists. In the championship game, as we mentioned, it was his 30th career double-double with 24 points, 19 boards, uh, three assists and two steals, and he shot 72% from the field. Let me ask you this, and I'm going to ask Tyler the same question after we get him on our show here in about a few minutes. Do you think Justin Bean is an NBA-quality player? Like I thought Namiish was too, but Namiish is nowhere close 
to seeing rotational minutes on Sacramento Kings squad, which is not a very good basketball team right now. So in your opinion, text in 435-339-0321, is Justin Bean an NBA quality player? He doesn't have the size of Keta, but I think he has better versatility. And I love his hustle. I love his willingness to get his body on the floor to dive for a ball. To take the bumps and bruises that not a lot of players will take. It's what I love about Justin Bean. But is he, but he, is he an NBA guy? Tony Jones tweeted out yesterday at The Athletic. He thinks he is. He thinks he can play in the NBA. Which kind of surprised me to be very honest with you. I mean, look at a guy like Sam Merrill. He can't get... Like, he's still in G League. 2305. Players like Bean, who have a nose for the ball, are possible NBA players. There's a knack to it, and he seems to have it. He absolutely does. Absolutely agree. Keep him coming. Is Justin Bean an NBA player? Give me your thoughts on Utah State men's basketball. Right, have they surprised you after that UC Davis loss in the season opener? They've now won four straight. All on the road against quality teams. Mexico State, Richmond, Oklahoma. They come home now for a three-home uh, three game stretch against teams that are nowhere clear to that, close to that kind of talent they saw on the East Coast. It'll be good for them to have some days off as well. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, Tyler Newbold's going to join us to talk about Utah State Aggie basketball, his thoughts on his team, and who he sees himself in on this roster. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's the Full Court Press. With Eric Franson, Tanaj Salveson. I will hurt somebody's feelings. Oh, by the way, I'll be in Cal next Monday and Tuesday, so I'll not be here. I talked to Johnny U, and I was like, hey, Johnny, you want to go help out Eric? And he's like, yeah, sure, man. Johnny U's going to come help you out. You don't look thrilled about that. Do you want me to tell when? him, though? Next Monday. Oh, yeah. When are you here? Maybe it's a better... Oh. <laughs> should be... Well, are you well, missing me, Eric? More often. Are you missing me? Huh? You missing me? That's all right. Go ahead and say it. Say I miss you. Weekdays from 4 to 6, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the fan. The Riverwoods Conference Center is accepting reservations for holiday parties and events. Inviting you to experience an elegant holiday atmosphere, the Riverwoods Conference Center's beautiful new renovation is complete with new carpet, paint, furniture, and decor. And as always, with catering from Elements, your holiday event will be amazing with delicious entrees and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Whether it's a company or family event, it will be festive, beautiful, and scrumptious at the Riverwoods, catered by Elements. For reservations, phone 750-5151, 750-5151. Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. As a thank you for your trust and support since we opened our doors one year ago, we are excited to host a holiday service featuring a Jay Richards ensemble. We extend a special invite to anyone who is missing a loved one as they celebrate this holiday season. All are invited to attend on Thursday, December 2nd at 7 p.m. with refreshments to follow. Please give us a call or visit whitepinefunerals.com for more information. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. We're right in the middle of holiday season. Most of our focus is on family and friends, as it should be. But don't forget your vehicles during the cold winter months. At Valvoliness and Oil Change, we'll make it easy on you to get an oil change, have your vehicle's fluids checked, and if needed, check emissions and renew your registration. All while you sit in your warm car. It doesn't get much easier than that. Valvoliness and Oil Change, 695 
North Main, across from Angie's. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? The new Leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or interactive online classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before December 1st, 2021 to be considered for January 2022 start. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Full Court Press here, er <laughs> Eric's not here. Uh, it's me, Fine Solo, Ajay Salveson, here on 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Thanks for joining us, however, wherever you're doing so. Aggies win the Myrtle Beach Invitational Tournament, final score 73-70 over Oklahoma. Uh, they win that championship game. And now we'll have a few days off to recover, rest and recover, after a long trip on the East Coast. And so we'll... Uh, have a chance to see the Aggies on Saturday night. And uh, no better person to talk about Aggie basketball than one of them who is a key cog in an incredible run of Utah State basketball history and when they dominated the spectrum and dominated the, the conference in for so long. And now joining me here on the Full Court Press, it's our privilege, it's our pleasure and our honor to have an Aggie legend with us is Tyler Newbold. Tyler, how are you? Good evening. I'm doing well. Doing well. I I'm, I'm, uh, appreciate you having me on. Hey, uh, Tyler, I got to ask you, starting off with this, they spent, let's see, it's November 22nd, they spent nearly 13 days on the road on an East Coast trip. Did you ever have a long road trip where you spent that long on the road? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't think I, I don't think when I was playing we ever had one that long. That's, uh, that's crazy. They are probably packing all their clothes, like uh, everything they got, right? Like. That's uh, that's wild. I, I remember a couple, you know, like I think maybe you know seven or eight day eight dayers, but you know, almost two weeks. That's uh, that's that's wild. So how <laughs> does that work? Do you playing so well at the end of that too? So how does that work? Do you guys have, like have your equipment managers do the laundry then, or like I mean, how do you pack up for something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. The I mean, for every road trip, you're going to have your uh, kind of have your equipment managers and and guys that help out the team. You know, pack pack all the bags and everything else, but then you got all your practice gear you're packing too and, and, and that, and obviously you don't have unlimited amounts, right? And so um, you've got your uh, your team managers and, and director of operations kind of helping with that, but um, they, they I'm sure they have guys scrambling uh, you know, to try to wash all the practice gear after practices and, you know, wash the game gear. A lot of the times those tournaments, you're, you're you know, if you're in, a white jersey. You might be playing in the, the white jersey the next day, right? So you got to go get those things washed that night, right after the game, and have them ready for the next day. So it's it's definitely a stressful thing for those team managers to make sure that uh, they got they got all those uh, uh, jerseys and practice gear ready to go, so that first of all everybody's not you know uh, smelling bad, but uh, second of, second of all everybody is looking good and, and ready to go. So. Uh, Tyler, I remember after the UC Davis loss, I, if I remember, you had sent out some kind of a tweet saying like, it's, it's one loss. It's, you know, they're going to be able to put things. You were just so positive about the team, despite the, yeah, the rest of Aggie world, just thinking the sky was falling and the world was crashing down on them. 
I and you've been through seasons where I mean where maybe things kind of got off to a rough start or you guys had a rough patch. What was the pro- thought process you maybe think there was for the Aggies after they started off 0-1 and then had a tough stretch coming up on the East Coast? Yeah, you know, it, it was it was interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I after that game, I was I had pain in, in my heart, like every Aggie fan, right? But um, it, you kind of have to look at it from a, a point of view of, of where where we're at, right? Like we're we're coming off uh, a couple years where we've had you know we've had Sam and and Demi, a um, couple of NBA guys that uh, have you know transformed the program and, and uh, elevated us to where we're at now and. You know, you have Craig Smith leave, and we have a new coach come in, and and lots of moving pieces, uh, new guys, new transfers, and lots and lots of talent. Um, I mean, I could tell from from that first game, even though they lost, they didn't play well. You could tell there they there was a ton of talent on the team, right? Like just a, a lot of smart guys, a lot of talent. They didn't play well that night, um, but I, I kind of looked at it as, look, it's <laughs> it's the very first game. Obviously, they they should have still won that game. They played bad. But I, I kind of looked at it from a point of view of of seeing the talent that was out there at every position, and uh, and allow you know I, I just knew that you know as they were able to play more and more together, practice more and more, um, especially with the guys they have on that team and the leadership they have, that I I knew that they were going to be fine. So um, I don't know if I knew that they were going to you know run off four straight and win that tournament, but. Um, I'm glad they glad they have. They're playing great now, and hopefully they can can uh, keep it up uh, you know, over the next few weeks. I I was amazed, and I knew we all knew how good Justin Bean would be, and how good of a ball player he is. But what he's doing right now in regards of defense and offensive work, what have you seen out of it from your basketball perspective? What have you seen out of Bean that maybe a lot of us maybe don't see that impresses you? Oh man, that's that's a that's a great question. I think I think it's just understanding of 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 how to play the game. Like he's just got such a good feel for when to be aggressive with his his shot and when to um make you know make the extra pass and when to set you know set the right screen at the right angle for the right guy at the right time. Like he's just he's just the epitome of of a team basketball player, but the, the the crazy thing is is you kind of think about him and and even from you know his very beginning um, time at Utah State I mean he obviously had a a very unique motor and ability to rebound the basketball that that not a lot of people have and, and just being able to be relentless to the the glass um, and being able to clean up the glass which he still has obviously <laughs> um, but you combine his his motor and his work ethic and kind of what he came to Utah State with initially, you combine that, and he still has that, and he's gotten even better at it, but you combine that now with four years of skill development where he's just gotten so much better skill-wise, being able to shoot the basketball, being able to to uh, dribble the basketball, being able to create his own shot a little bit, and being able to understand how to use his own body to get his shot off. I mean, it's it's really it's really quite impressive what he's done, and the numbers he's putting up are just, are just insane. One of the, I don't know if you remember, um, a guy, one of the rebounds or rebounders I've, I, I played against that I remember was just a, an insanely good rebounder is, uh, his name was Kenneth Fareed. You, you'll probably oh, remember yeah. him, but, um, he reminds me a lot of him as a, as a rebounder. 
Um, but obviously the, the, the points he's putting up and the ability to shoot, you know, that he's added to his game, it's, it's quite impressive what he's done each year to get to this point where now as, as a senior, I mean, he's obviously, um, putting up, you know, some, some insane numbers that is getting, you know, national attention right now, which is pretty cool for him, but such a good kid and, and, uh, couldn't be happier, more, you know, more, couldn't be happier, more for him. I should say he's just such a great representative of the program too. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of guys, especially young guys should look up to him for how hard he plays. And, and, uh, I have an eight year old son that's just getting into basketball and I just keep telling him, dude, you know, Easton is his name. And I tell him Easton, just even when Justin Bean doesn't have the ball, just watch what he does, watch how he plays. And that's what you want to, you know, what you want to kind of do as a, as a player is learn for, from guys like that, that just, that are just grinders, right? And then just know how to play, and he's gotten himself so much better with the work he's put in, and, and it's paying off in big ways for him right now. So, uh, Ryland Jones would have been Stu Morrill's maybe favorite player. The kid leaves the Mountain West Conference and charges, and by a long way, it's not even close. How impressed are you when you watch Ryland and his willingness to uh, put his body on the line on the defensive side of the ball the way he does? I love it. I love it. I mean, a lot of um, you know, if, if anybody remembered, uh, when I played up there, which is, I can't believe it's been almost 10, 10, 11 years <laughs> ago now, which time flies, but, um, I loved playing defense, right? I loved, you know, to garden the other team's best player and, and, and trying to draw charges and just trying to, trying to play physical. And, and that dude, Rylan, he, he, he is that, right? Like he just, he plays hard. He, he knows how to use his his, uh, you know, short body, he's not a big guy, right? But he understands how to play basketball. And I think a lot of that comes from just growing up in the gym around his dad. That's obviously, you know, he used to coach at Utah state and has coached at various places, but, um, he just understands how to play basketball and understands it in a, in a much deeper level than most guys, most guys do. And it shows up on the court. Um, you know, you kind of find in situations when, you know, in key spots, when he has the ball in his hand, you know, more often than not, he's going to make a good play, make the right play, get it to where it needs to be. Um, and then obviously defensively, you know, he's not the, the quickest or most athletic guy in the world, but he's athletic enough and he's smart enough to know how to, how to play and, and draw on those charges. Obviously he's not going to block many shots. So doing that and getting the turnover that way is, is something he's been amazing at. And, uh, yeah, I hope he keeps doing it. It's, it's, uh, it's a huge deal that's going to you know keep paying dividends as the season goes on as he as he keeps doing that for the team. Brock Miller had 16 points on four ten shooting from three. He's he's been a little bit in of a slump. I mean, it, it kind of started from last year after the back uh, iced up on him after uh, or I guess just before the Boise State series. Uh, for great shooters like you, Tyler, who maybe had those slumps every now and then. What is the advice you would give Brock, who maybe went through those same slumps, actually probably even worse than you did? What do you tell a kid like that, in in, in who's a pure shooter like he is? Oh man, I, I I would just say I would just say he he's put in the work, right? Like he he's obviously a grinder in a very similar way to 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 some of the other guys on the team. Um, you can tell he puts in the work. You can tell he's, you know, he shoots a ton of, of jump shots, tons of threes. And I would just tell him, you just got to keep, just got to keep shooting the ball. Um, you know, even if he's been in the slump, I mean, that, he, the thing I loved about that, that Oklahoma game is, you know, even if he, 
has been in somewhat of a slump, hasn't maybe shot it as well as he ha- would have liked up to this point of the season, which, you know, it's still early, obviously. He hit, you know, and he was, did not hesitate at all uh, with those with those two big threes he hit in that game, which were obviously crucial for the opportunity to win that uh, that championship. And so I love that he continues to fire away. If this team wants to you know, continue to get better and if they want to potentially be a, an NCAA tournament team this, this year, then um, they need him. Like, they need him to continue to, to, to bury threes and to be aggressive shooting, shooting the ball because – that's going to open it up for other guys um, and allow you know your your top scoring guys more space to be able to operate. So that's one thing I do think is unique about this team that we haven't seen in in the past you know two or three years is you know everybody on the team one through five at a lot of times can can shoot the ball um, and extend the defense and it allows guys you know lanes to drive and things of that nature. But um, to answer your question, keep shooting the ball, Brock. You're a great shooter. I don't care if you've missed, you know, four or five in a row. If you if you have an open shot, you need to fire that thing because, um, you know, it's it's going to pay off, you know, more often than not, and, and he's going to you know catch fire in a lot of games too. So, how impressive is how impressive is it to watch Brandon Horvath for his size dribble the ball up and down the court and just how smooth he looks? Yeah, yeah, he's been, you know, obviously him coming from um, UM UMBC. I mean, I. I, I didn't watch much of their basketball games, right? Like the only game I've ever seen them play is that, that that Virginia game they played in the NCAA tournament that one year. But so I don't know, you know, obviously didn't know much about him at all. Uh, but he's been, you know, he's fantastic, right? I mean, he's talking about a, a modern day center who can, you know, stretch the floor and shoot the ball. And and to your point, I I, I kind of I had heard through the grapevine he could shoot um, and, and was a good good shooter, but. Uh, pleasantly surprised with his athletic ability, his ability to put the ball on the on the deck and, and drive and move around and and create his own shot a little bit. Um, obviously, he put um, I forget the name of the center um, from uh, Oklahoma, but he wasn't he was more you know quicker than him, and he was able to get by him at times um, and put a lot of stress on Oklahoma's defense because uh, you know if you have a center that's that big that can move and drive and, and dribble like that. Um, it creates a lot of problems for, for the other team, which uh, it definitely did for Oklahoma at times, which was huge. And so he's been awesome. I, I know he got banged up a lot in that tournament, and he just kept kept playing and kept grinding. And I'm sure he had a a, a good ice bath after that last uh, last game. But he's been awesome, and and he's been a, a definitely a pleasant addition to to the team for sure. Aggie basketball legend. Tyler Ubel joins us here on the Full Court Press. They have, about, what, three, four transfers coming in. Uh, you add on Ryland Jones as well and a couple of recruits and such. How hard can it be? Because you saw guys come and go. How hard can it be after losing stars like Sam and Nimi back-to-back years to try to replace those guys with transfers coming in and a new coach as well? That, that can't be easy. No. I mean, <laughs> it can't. It, it, and it's 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 literally impossible right like you you lose you lose a guy like uh, Kata um to the to the NBA you lose a guy like Sam to the NBA those are those are guys that are going to be you know on the on the upper echelon of Utah State basketball you know forever um in regards to to players and and, and players that way so you're you're it's impossible to replace them um but what they've done has has been fantastic to be able to um, first off bring in bring in a great coach. I mean, I I I, I love what Coach Odom's doing. 
Um, I, I, I love his, you know, his staff has, has been fantastic so far and, and they're just ready to grind. They're ready to, they're ready to go and, and bringing in the right guys. Um, you don't, you don't want to put too much pressure on one guy because it's, you can't replace those guys. You really can't. But what you can do is instill confidence in every one of those guys that is back and those new transfers and telling them and helping them understand what they're capable of and what the team is capable of come, you know, with uh, all of their efforts combined and the ceiling is still plenty high, um, you know, for, for the team with all the talent that they still have. And so um, it's, it's been impressive what they've done so far. Um, I hope they continue to, to, uh, you know, grind and continue to, to, to get better and better. And, um, you know, I, I think it'll be definitely be a, a continue to be a fun year as, as they, uh, and, and see how they can continue to get better. Cause the reality is, is they've, they've played great so far. Um, you know, with obviously the one hiccup at the very beginning, but they're still so new as a team, you know, uh, still so fresh, still so many new guys. And so the opportunity for them to get better, um, is, you know, is even more so than, than just, uh, than just any, you know, team coming back with a, with a lot of returners. So it's, uh, an interesting dynamic, but I, they, you know, they've done a fantastic job on bringing in the right guys and mixing them in with all the new, you know, new recruits, as well as the, the existing, uh, you know, staples with Bean and, and Brock, um, and uh, just really have a good a good mix of guys to, to be able to go and, and make it tough on other teams. And again, it doesn't help that they spent twelve days on the road with each other. Tyler, what kind of <laughs> what? How can a long road trip like that? I mean, even eight days for you guys. How can that help a team come together? It's huge, right? Like one of the things I I look at about you know remembering from my career, you, you remember the games and you remember piv- you know, certain pivotal moments of big games, but the thing you really cherish and you really remember is the, the relationships that you had off the court. And a lot of those things are developed when you're, you know, away from home and it's just, you know, it's just you and your teammates and you're, you're out there on the road and it's just you and, and, uh, you're with them, you know, so, so much, um, the ability to, to learn about each other more from just, a from, you know, from a friendship angle and things outside of basketball and learning about each other's families. Like, I think that's one of the things that really helped, uh, the teams I was on was just learning about each other, you know, off the court and, and learning about each other's families and learning about each other's lives and what they've done in the past. And obviously being you know, around each other 24 seven for, you know, 13 days straight, um, that's going to help them, you know, become, become closer as a team. You know, you get the sense, especially with this, you know, this team that they really like each other. And, um, you know, it's, it's only going to bring them together more. Obviously winning helps too <laughs> to bring guys together, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pivotal. It's key. And it's something that they'll, you know, they'll look back 10 years from now when, when they're done and, and, um, cherish forever those times that they're able to spend with their teammates on the road. It's, it's really fun, really fun time for them. So. As an alumni and one of the great basketball players in Utah State basketball lore, has Coach Odom, does he stay in contact with you guys? Does he reach out? Does he invite you to practices and such? Or how's that relationship? Yeah, absolutely. So that's one thing I've been really impressed with this staff. And I I don't know what the experience has been like with, um, you know, other basketball alumni, but um, I've gotten re- reached out to several times by um, several members of, of the new coaching staff. And, 
you know, invited me up to practice and, and I haven't been able to actually go to a practice yet. I'm, I definitely am going to, and I'd love to take my, my sons to a, to a practice as well, but so I'm going to definitely take them up on the offer sometime soon, but um, they've definitely reached out several times, made a few phone calls and, um, you know, even though I had, you know, we don't know them at all They're they've done a great job of, of, uh, connecting, you know, with the community as well as, you know, past, you know, basketball alumni. And, um, I think that's huge, uh, you know, especially at a place like, you know, USU in the community there to, to kind of build that up and, and, uh, create that family atmosphere that I, you know, I think everybody wants to have within a, a successful program. So I, I've been nothing but impressed with those guys. I think they're doing a, a really great job and um you know really appreciate you know all the all the hard work they're putting in to you know continue to build off of what we've uh what we've got, right? Craig Smith did a great job and um you know there's coach Odom definitely didn't have the cupboards empty when he got here, but he's taken what you know what what was left to him and kind of mixed in what some of his own flavor and his own his own design and brought up some of his own players and it's it's been it's been awesome to see what the, what they've done so far. So I'm excited about the about the future for sure. One more question for you, Tyler. You've been so generous with your time, but you played in some really tough conference basketball. Really, really good conference basketball. Mount West Conference is shaping up to be one of the, if not the best, outside P5 conferences with Colorado State. San Jose State looks really good. Uh, Boise. I, all the list goes on and on. San Diego State included. What kind? How does that preseason schedule? help you get ready for a tough conference schedule? Um, it's, it's, does it help big. at all? I mean, I, Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. sorry. Does that help at all though? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it does. I think it does to, um, it, it's important to, to test yourself in the non-conference. I honestly, I mean, I, I went back to when I was playing, I feel like, I feel like there was at times I feel like we would have, you know, tested ourselves a little more um, in, in our non-conference uh, uh, schedules. Um, but I, but I think it is, I think it is good to, to, to get, you know, play different types of teams or, you know, different structures, different ways that they go about things, uh, play diff- different teams from different conferences, because that's just going to prepare you, you know, for, for your, for your conference play. I mean, when, once you get to conference play, they, the teams have got you scouted so, so well that, um, you know, if you haven't tested yourself a little bit in the non-conference and played different types of teams and different types of, uh, you know, uh, uh, structures of, you know, within, within the teams you're playing, it's, it's, you're not going to be as ready. And I think with, especially in the mountain West conference, you've got so many different teams and different styles, you know, everything from air force and what they do to, you know, uh, UNLV and just the run and gun that they have. I mean, it's just, there's so many different styles that the conference has. And yes, the, the conference this year is, is a, is a juggernaut. I think it's going to be a, a fun year to kind of see what happens. And um, everybody's going to kind of beat each other up a little bit, I'm sure. But um, the way the non-conference is going and hopefully the way that the Mountain West can keep you know, winning some big games, hopefully that will allow the, the league to have, you know, who knows, hopefully we can get, you know, two, three or four, teams in into the into the tournament that would be that would be awesome so we're on our way to doing that as long as uh you know <laughs> the conference keeps doing well because uh it's been it's been really good so far Tyler, you're one of the best can't tell you how much we appreciate you having on our show thanks for taking the time to do so uh make sure you stop uh, inside the spectrum and come say hi to us 
Yeah, definitely will. I'm excited to you know, hopefully get up to to a game soon, and uh, there's nothing better than the, the spectrum in the winter, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Tyler, you're the yeah. best. Thanks, man. Okay. Thanks, Roger. I appreciate your time. All right. It's Tyler Newbold, uh, one of the greatest shooters I ever saw. Look, Brian Green was a great shooter, no question. But Tyler Newbold, oh, he's so good. Uh, three eight six two. Great interview with Tyler Newbold. Is Ryland Jones comparable to a Peyton Pritchard from Oregon with a few years ago? Ooh, I love how he does it all as a floor general for the Aggies. Boo, that's a great comparison. Peyton Pritchard and Ryland Jones, and and the thing about Peyton and Ryland is just their two things actually. One IQ, two toughness. Like, there's a couple times where Riley got clocked on a couple of those charges in that tournament. And he'd lay on the floor, take two breaths, and then hop right back up. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great comparison right there. All right, we'll take a break. Coming back, we'll have more of the full court press. We'll actually get you recapped on the weekend in college football and in NFL as well. And we'd love to hear from you as well. Text in at 435-339-0321. It's the full court press with Eric Franson, Tanaji Salveson. I will hurt somebody's feelings. Oh, by the way, I'll be in Cal next Monday and Tuesday, so I'll not be here. I talked to Johnny Yu, and I was like, hey, Johnny, you want to go help out Eric? And he's like, yeah, sure, man. Johnny Yu's going to come help you out. You don't look thrilled about that. Do you want me to tell when? him, though? Next Monday. Oh, yeah. When are you here? Maybe it's a better... Oh. <laughs> Should be... Are you well, missing me, Eric? Are you missing me? Huh? You missing me? That's all right. Go ahead and say it. Say I miss you. Weekdays from 4 to 6, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, New Hope. For the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It is the full court press. Eric is absent for the remainder of the evening, so it's just you and I. Big thanks to Tyler Newbold for joining us. Boy, he is a great dude. He's not only just a great basketball player, he's a great guy. And there's a lot of those, both former and current, on the Aggie basketball lore. Like, it's just some really good people. All right, uh, 9315, text into the show. Uh, let's see here. I hope AJ's football recap should be how we burn black uniforms. Oh, you guys really do hate those black uniforms, don't you? Like, I thought it was just like a, a one-night thing. Nope. You really, really hate those black uniforms. I honestly had no idea. Okay. All right. Black uniforms are abandoned. They should be. We will, uh, tell you what, we'll send out a petition. To get rid of the black uniforms. How about that? We'll send out a petition to get rid of the black uniforms. Alright, let's go ahead and go through a couple of... Uh, well, it's just a few NCAA football scores and we'll get through the NFL as well. We'll start with college football. Uh, Georgia blast Charleston South 56-7. Surprise, surprise. Alabama struggled with Arkansas. Arkansas scored 14 in the fourth quarter. Uh... But it wasn't enough as Alabama beat Arkansas 42-35. I would imagine Alabama gets bumped down a notch uh, and uh, is replaced by Ohio State, who just demolishes Michigan State 56-7. to What a clinic they put on. C.J. Stroud, 32-35 for 432 yards and six touchdowns. 
Excuse me, I baking powder. That is a Heisman-like performance. Every Heisman had that one game that put him at the top. That was C.J. Stroud. If he wins it, he's gonna, it's going to be because of this game. Uh, so I would imagine Ohio State will be at number two. And that opens a spot for number three because Oregon got undressed by Utah. 38-7. This game was over at half. Uh, Oregon uh, what had the ball to end the half, if you will. And then with about 11 seconds left, Kyle Whittingham calls a timeout because he says, oh, why not? We got a timeout. User to loser, right? Calls a timeout. They punt the ball to Britton Covey. Instead of just punting the ball out of bounds, they punt the ball to Britton Covey, and he takes it back to the house for a touchdown, and it was pandemonium. Done. Ball game, game over. Uh, I would imagine that Oregon, so Oregon will lose that three spot. They'll lose their college football playoff ranking. They lose their chance at a college football playoff. Hello, Cincinnati. Winners over SMU, 48-14. And that's a good SMU team, by the way. They were 8-2 on the season. And they were 4-2 in conference play. And they lost by 34 to Cincinnati. So uh, Cincinnati with a statement win. I would imagine Cincinnati is in the playoff top four, at least going into tomorrow night. Michigan beat Maryland, 59-18. Blah. Uh, Notre Dame over Georgia Tech, 55 nothing. Nobody cares. Uh, Texas Tech gets blasted by Oklahoma State, 23-0. Uh, Wake Forest, who was ranked 10th in the country, humbled by none other than Clemson, 48-27. Baylor beats Kansas State, 28-10. Uh, Ole Miss over Vanderbilt, 31-17. Oklahoma beats Iowa State, 28-21. And BYU beats Georgia Southern. Struggled there for a little bit. They blame the burritos getting chucked at them for the... Uh, Reason of their struggles, but uh, 34-17 is your final score. Nebraska falls to Wisconsin by 7-35-28. Texas A&M over Prairie View, 52-3. A lot of the other games were just kind of meh kind of games. But it is rivalry week, and rivalry week is fun. Can't wait for this to get going. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, of course, is going to be kind of the uh, the topper of it all. Dan Mullen, coach of Florida Gators, has been canned. He's fired, so another P5 job opens up. I kind of wonder where some of these coaches are going to find or some of these programs are going to find those elite coaches that they're looking for because uh, there's only so many of them. There's only so many of them. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Coming back, we'll uh, give you some NFL news, and then we'll wrap it up here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan. It started out as free. But then they said it would only be a few cents a day. What you're hearing is real, and it may be happening to you. I pay for streaming video, then the cloud storage, then streaming audio. Where does it end? It ended up being a lot every month. This is the sound of nickel and diming syndrome. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I just want to hear my music. Is that so wrong? There is hope. For millions of people, there's radio. Radio? Radio. With zero down and zero per month, radio delivers all the news, music, and entertainment you want, when you want it, for free. No usernames, passwords, or Wi-Fi connections required. Here's my card number. It's 735 Shh! Don't speak. When you listen to local radio, you'll never need that. <laughs> this, this is so wonderful. Yes, it is. The cure for nickel and diming syndrome. <laughs> oh, I could use a hug. It's radio. No subscription required. 
West Point Dairy Products at Hiram is hiring. West Point Dairy Products has been manufacturing high-quality butter for over 25 years in Cache Valley. They're currently expanding and want you on their growing team. West Point Dairy Products offers competitive wages for entry-level positions starting at $18 per hour, full benefit packages, double time on Sundays, a $2,000 sign-on bonus, and tremendous opportunities for growth. For immediate consideration, call Express Employment Professionals at 435-213-9595. Hey, this is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This Black Friday is Bounce Back Black Friday. Let me explain. With any purchase this weekend, we are giving you a gift card to bounce back for your next visit here at Jarek's. Use your bounce back for a birthday, anniversary, Valentine's, or for any occasion you want to make special. Come into Jarek's Fine Jewelry this Friday for your bounce back gift card. We open at 10 a.m. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Sometimes, when we catch a moment of wonder, it touches our hearts, especially during this, the season of light. This holiday season, explore the wonder of life at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium's Festival of the Seas. Discover a world of magic with seasonal treats, spectacular scenes, and a seaside Santa at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Make your reservation today at thelivingplanet.com. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. All right, time to wrap it up, put a bow on it, and call it a night. 2305 just text in. Ajay, you do a pretty good job. You're entertaining. Thanks for being on from 4 to 6 every day. No, stop it. Stop it. Thank you. You guys make it worth it for us to be on from 4 to 6 every day. Our listeners are the best, and I've said it over and over again. I'll say it one more time. Our listeners make this show what it is. So thank you for uh, being a part of the Full Court Press. All right, NFL scores. My Patriots, oh, saucy. Just beating up on the Falcons, 25-0. Matt Ryan's got to be done, right? Like, Matt Ryan has just seen the end of things. There's no way. Like, if you're the Falcons, what are you holding on to him for? It's coming gone. All right? It's time to move on. Oh, just, wow. Guys, not what he used to be. Browns beat the Lions 13-10. That's such a Browns-Lions game, by the way. (laughs) Vikings beat the Packers 34-31. Aaron Rodgers blames his sore toe. Of course he does. Vikings 5-5 on the season. Packers fall to 8-3. Dolphins beat the Jets by 7. Saints fall to the Eagles, but don't worry, Taysom Hill. You've either got a $45 million contract or a $90 million contract, depending on what position you're playing on that specific day. What? the fetch does that mean anymore? Bengals over the Raiders by 19. Uh, Cardinals beat the Seahawks. Chargers beat the Steelers tonight. You got the Buccaneers and Giants. Woo! Yay! Fun stuff. All right, everybody. For Audrey South and Eric France, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Rylan Jones at 4 o'clock. Good night. You're who you always were.